0: You're listening to the Northside Christian Church podcast. Find out more about Northside by visiting us online at northsideweb.org. Wouldn't it be great if everyone was humble? What an awesome opening line. Way to go, Jeff. Good job. I'm not saying wouldn't it be great if everyone was humble like me. You could have said it, but you didn't. Why state the obvious? The world would be such a much better place if it was saturated with humility. Saturated. What a remarkable word choice. I'm really glad you guys are here today. Uh Uh-oh. What's my next line? I really am glad you're here. Um, What's my line? What's my line? What are they going to think of me? I'm really glad you're present today and you showed up. This is a great message I prepared. I sure hope these people listen because what I've written is a great message on humility. Back to reality. What would it be like if everyone around us could hear what we were thinking? little scary, right? But if we're honest, there are times when we want to seem like we have everything together when we really don't. We may even put on a false pride, a false confidence, because we don't want anyone to see our weaknesses or our needs inside We continue our series this morning on intentional joy as we walk with Paul through the book of Philippians. And today, we're going to learn if we want personal joy, if we want to have joy in our lives, we must be humble. Benjamin Franklin once said this, there is perhaps no natural passion so hard to subdue as pride. Disguise it, struggle with it, Mortify it as much as one pleases; it is still alive, and it will every now and then peep out and show itself. Even if I could convince, even if I could conceive that I had completely overcome it, I would probably be proud of my humility. It's kind of like the guy who was given a humility award by his workmates in the office. But they had to take it off of him because he wore it around all the time, right? Humility is tough. It's a tough battle for you and I to overcome. But in Philippians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles turned there, your app, we're in Philippians chapter 2 today. We're going to look at the humility that Paul encouraged. But first understand, it was an elusive principle, an elusive principle Read that last verse with me again from the screen. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. C.S. Lewis wisely said, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Matthew, in Matthew 23, 12 writes, Jesus said, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Peter added in 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. You ever go like this to see how your breath smells? Go ahead, do it. Francis Chan says pride is a lot like bad breath. You never know when you have it. All right? It sneaks up on you. James 4 5, James says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather be on the grace end than the opposing end when it comes to God. I wanna share with you four areas of pride that John Ortberg identifies. The first one is vanity, vanity. It's the most common form of pride. Vanity is defined as a preoccupation with one's appearance or one's image. Stubbornness is another one. The pride that shuns correction. It's the inability to stop defending yourself. It's the inability to admit that you were wrong. Exclusiveness is the third one, the ultimate pride. It's looking down your nose at other people, thinking everyone else is beneath you. Then the final area he addresses is approval addiction, the ever unending desire to be approved by others. The attitude of climbing the ladder of success. And when you, if you finally get there and when you get there, it's making sure everyone else around you knows about it and notices where you are. It's hoping your coworkers will notice the new outfit and send comments your way. It's hoping those, some heads will turn, noticing the hours you've been spending in the gym lately. Approval addiction it's funny but the american medical society has actually found something out the more masculine and stronger a man is the more susceptible he is to the common cold you heard that the more masculine or stronger a man is the more susceptible he is to the common cold hang on a minute i'm sorry come on give me a break huh Tim liked it? Tim liked it? Yes. Let me ask you something. Why are we so concerned about what other people think? Why do we consume and wear ourselves out with what other people think? Someone said very wisely, if we knew how often other people thought about us, we would be disappointed about how seldom they actually do. And yet it consumes us. Intentional joy comes when we're less concerned with ourselves and more focused on everyone else. Verse four, each of you should not look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul saying, take the focus off of you and put the spotlight on other people. We try to intentionally do that at Northside. One of the cases just right now is we're collecting the food for Feed the Bees. Uh, understanding there are kids that show up at school that don't know what they're gonna eat that day. There are kids here, teenagers that go home for the weekend and have no idea what they're gonna eat. And so the school provides that and we're helping to provide that through the Feed the Bees and collecting the food that we are right now. Why? Well, that's taking the focus off ourselves and putting on someone else. Every year we have a compassion month at Northside. Compassion 2020 is coming up in the month of April. Uh, so get your sights out, get ready, because the time is coming for you to sign up. Our whole intention of that, one of the things we'll do is uh, clean up trash around Medina High School. Uh, we plan on weeding the, the beds here at Medina High School. Uh, it, I can give you a list of all the different things that we're going to do, but you can be a part of that and your whole family can. Again, taking the focus off ourselves, as Paul would say, and putting it on someone else. Galatians 1.10, Paul writes there as well, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please God? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And there's a carnal sign on every single one of us that thrives in other people being pleased by us and by what we do. It's a very elusive principle, Humility. But Paul goes on to talk about the perfect example. And of course, our perfect example was Jesus Christ. One of my favorite three verses in all of the Bible, Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight. Paul shares, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. If you ever feel like no one in the world cares about you, no one in the world loves you, go to this passage, these few verses, and read them over and over again and over again. If you ever think God is out there in the distance, not connected with you, not connected to this world, memorize these verses and understand that Paul's saying, without Jesus humbling himself and coming to earth, dying in atoning death, being buried, and yet conquering the grave and coming back to life, you and I would have no assurance of salvation. We would have no grace. We would have no forgiveness if it were not for the humility of Jesus. And your attitude should be the same of that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature with God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, absolutely nothing. You ever looked out over a field of wheat? A field of wheat can be gorgeous. At first, you may notice as you look over the field of wheat that the stems are maybe standing straight up, the stalks are. But every farmer would tell you that those are not really the the grain that's worth much. When the stalks of wheat are standing straight up, they're lightheaded and almost good For nothing, while those that have their heads bend like these in the picture do, that is the most beautiful grain of all. And someone observed that a growing Christian is like a head of wheat. The riper he grows, the deeper in faith he becomes or she becomes, the lower their head bows, the lower their head bows." And it isn't pride that makes that do that. It's the acknowledgement that there is the one who is the creator and there is the creation. And there is a big, big difference. And humility is the beginning with our heads bowed understanding that. John Ortberg said God's great holy joke about the Messiah complex is this. Every human being who has ever lived suffered from it except one, and he just happened to be the Messiah. Every human being has suffered from the Messiah complex except for the one who was the Messiah. Perfect example Paul describes. He humbled himself and became obedient to death. He was arrested like a common criminal, ridiculed and beaten, stripped of his clothing, nailed to a cross in front of a crowd. It was not just any normal death. It was the most visible, memorable, humiliating death that one could ever face on this earth. And Paul goes on, because of that death, Philippians 2, 9 through 11, therefore, and light of his servant's heart, and light of him taking on the form of a man, and light of his death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Years ago, the Fram Oil Company had a commercial the commercial was all about preventive maintenance. The whole idea was they wanted you to know if you would join their company, or if you didn't join their company, you would eventually end up with them. And at the end of the commercial, an employee would always say the same line, you can pay me now, or you can pay me later. I don't know why, but every time I hear the verses, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9-11, through that every knee should bow under er earth in earth and under earth, every tongue confess, I think of that commercial. You can pay me now, or you can pay me later. Think about it. What's the world coming to? What's the world coming to? Well, I can tell you for certain what the world is eventually coming to. The world is coming to a day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So you can bow now, or you can bow later, but the choice is yours. One day, whether we're ready or not, the trumpet will sound, and it'll be too late to admit that we are a sinner in need of God's amazing grace. It will be too late for us to bow our heads in honor of the one who is our creator, sustainer, and Lord. C.S. Lewis said, it's in, you get no credit for kneeling when it's become impossible to stand. You get no credit for kneeling when it's become impossible to stand. Ouch. And if you think about it, the question for every believer, every Christian that we must ask is this, am I here in this life for myself or for Jesus? Am I here, am I existing for myself or for Jesus Christ? For some of you who are believers and are Christians, this whole idea of humility is not only swallowing your pride and thinking of others more but it's picking up a a towel and a basin of water and really serving getting involved in God's church so I think part of our problem in today's world is we have become bigger than God's church me Has become bigger than God's church. Where in reality, if we are truly humble and we are truly servants of Jesus Christ and following his perfect example, the church is always bigger than me. Follow me? Where in today's church, it's often okay, here I am, here's my priorities, here's my schedule here's my life, and here's the church. <laughs> what would we be like if Jesus considered himself in his schedule and his priority over the church? We would have no hope. The church of Jesus Christ is far higher on my priority list than Jeff Hugus and Jeff Hugis's schedule. We have in your program this morning, and it was in there last week as well if you were here, we're asking, and we did this all the way back, I believe in November of last year, just a few weeks after we started Northside Medina, This isn't a have to, uh, so don't leave here thinking they're making me do this, but this is a level of commitment, a level of commitment, a covenant that we're making as God's church here at Northside. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to read through this, pray over it. Uh, Hopefully you read through it, even some this week, and then sign it, and there'll be baskets at the door if you want to drop these off today. But the commitment in the covenant says as a partner with Northside Medina, I am committing to uphold these values as we work together to fulfill our mission. First, a commitment to consistency. Uh, We commit to consistently participating in worship and worship gatherings. And as we talked about last week with small groups, and we were able uh, to start a new small group after last week. I applaud that. It's awesome. Uh, We have others that join small groups that were never a part of it. A commitment to be a disciple who makes disciples. That's a whole idea of the ping-pongs outside in the fish tank. Uh, A disciple who makes disciples disciples. Uh, One of the granddads out here in the audience just smiled from ear to ear in the hallway a little while ago. And he said, that's my grandson. I said, yeah. He says, yeah, this is his second time ever in church. Yeah, that's cool. Another story. Four, a commitment to unity. We understand how crucial unity, not conformity, is to the accomplishment of God's vision. Five, a commitment to our mission, and you see it everywhere. Our mission is to love God, serve others win one. And then finally, a commitment to give, as most, as many of you just did uh, within the offering a little while ago. The whole part of service, if you flip it over, this is a whole other zone. We have about 25 to 30 people that show up week in and week out. Uh, anywhere from seven o'clock to eight o'clock to make this happen here at the high school. Our goal is, our vision is, to have at least two teams, if not three teams, so everyone is on a month, off a month, on a month, off a month, to make it happen and make church real and a reality. These are all the areas. I'm not gonna take time to go down through each of those um, that we need. One of the big areas I will focus on is the next gen team. Uh, It takes a lot to make our children's area pop and happen. Uh, So that is, is huge. Our trailer transport team as well. If you have a truck, God gave you a truck for a reason. All right, I think. So we could use your help on those, but you can read through these, check any that, And if you check it, that doesn't mean you're checking it in blood. I mean, maybe you're just curious and someone will contact you and talk to you about what that means. Then you can choose uh, to be a part or not. But if you fill these out today, if you haven't already, many of you already have, uh, and you can drop them in the baskets on, on your way out. That's the commitment level for we who are or are believers Then there are others in here I realize, you just heard me say that one of the kids is here for the second time in their life in church. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here and you're just checking this thing out and you're why we're here. You're why we're here. I would encourage you to take a step and commit your life to Jesus Christ, to bow down before him and yeah it was a little harsh earlier but there will come a time where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord and the truth is we can bow now and spend eternity in heaven or bow later and not spend eternity in heaven because the bowing later would not have been our choice Father, we way thank you so much for your presence today God, we truly do humble ourselves before you as the creator of all things, the creator of life itself. God, we are your mere creation. And so, God, we pray that we would get our priorities in line. We would humble ourselves, bow down before you, put your church above ourselves and everything about you above ourselves. Father, thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ who offers us forgiveness, grace, and an everlasting life in your presence. Accept our worship, God, as we lift this up now. God, if there's someone in the room that needs to make a decision uh, for you, like we've shared, I pray they come forward, God. Love to talk to them about the greatest life that exists, the life of being a believer in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together, please.